This is IGN. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Kenneth Branagh continues to be Poirot's biggest fanboy. This is your IGN review of A Haunting in Venice by Sedat Adlaka. Kenneth Branagh has been directing Hercule Poirot films for six years now. At this point, his star-studded Agatha Christie adaptations feel more like passion projects than his own pseudo-biopic, the lukewarm trouble-set drama Belfast did, and his third entry in the mystery series is no exception. Loosely based on the poorly-received late-era Christie novel Halloween Party, A Haunting in Venice is a delightfully bizarre, raucously entertaining sequel. It plays like a standalone remake of some low-budget TV special that never was, while also building on the intimate mythology Branagh has built for his version of the extravagantly mustachioed detective in a very good film that often threatens to be great and outshines both of its predecessors. What's immediately clear about A Haunting in Venice is that it suffers from some over-eager trimming, clocking in at a mere 103 minutes, Nearly half an hour shorter than Death on the Nile, its introductory scenes and eventual character payoffs can't help but feel rushed. However, once its chaotic, horror-tinged plot kicks into gear, the movie's breakneck momentum forces its scattered pieces together, synthesizing them into some of the most viscerally enjoyable pulp imagery Hollywood has turned out this year. A decade after the events of Murder on the Orient Express, a now-retired Poirot, Branagh, lives a life of contentment and isolation in Venice, thanks in large part to his Italian bodyguard Vitale Portfolio, Riccardo Scarmaccio, who wards off paranoid civilians eager for the Belgian detective's help by casually tossing them into Venetian canals. The extent to which Poirot no longer cares about sleuthing is brazenly funny. He's a celebrity in hiding, having left his old life behind, that is, until his past comes a-knocking in the form of American author Ariadne Oliver, Tina Fey, a longtime friend and a Christie regular making her first appearance in this series. The bubbly novelist, who made her name writing books loosely based on Poirot, invites him to live life outside his self-imposed confines for one evening at a Halloween party hosted by a friend, but the scribe's true motives soon come to light. In true Poirot fashion, there has been a maldale, or a possible suicide, few know for sure. But the victim, a young girl, Alicia Drake, has been deceased for a year. The party, it turns out, is to be the site of a seance performed by the mysterious, world-famous medium Joyce Reynolds, Michelle Yeoh, who Oliver is intent on exposing as a fraud with Poirot's help. Little does anyone suspect, however, that the night's mysteries are about to deepen, pulling Poirot back in, just when he thought he was out, but with the added question of whether there's something supernatural afoot. 
The film whips between snappy humor and chilling silences with reckless abandon. While this makes for an off-kilter introduction, matched of course by Branagh's signature Dutch angles, tipped over to their extreme, it's the perfect vehicle for the tale at hand. The supporting characters all share various connections to the victim, from her despondent mother Rowena, Kelly Riley, to her caring housekeeper Olga, Camille Cotin, to her fiery ex-fiancé Maxime, Kyle Allen, and finally her aloof doctor, Leslie, Jamie Dornan, and his creepily precious son Leopold, Jude Hill, who speaks as though he spends a little too much time surrounded by the elderly, both living and dead. In an age of shared universes, Branagh approaches a haunting in Venice as its own episodic beast, with barely a reference to the previous films. However, having seen them, Death on the Nile in particular, makes the experience all the richer. It makes the weight that Poirot carries around his neck feel heavier, even though it's easy to accept that a world-famous detective would have seen his fair share of death. Branagh's thoughtful performance more than sells the idea that he's turned his back on the world, but given the last film's conclusion, in which he opened himself up to love and vulnerability for the first time in years, the opening to A Haunting in Venice feels all the more melancholy, with the knowledge of what may have happened in between. This thematic doom and gloom is complemented by some of the most overt and genuinely wackadoo horror filmmaking from any major contemporary director. It's what makes A Haunting in Venice tick. Conversations are interrupted by brief cutaways to clanging doors and windows, an occurrence so frequent that it becomes part of the movie's rhythm. When shots finally begin to hold on characters long enough for them to deliver monologues, Branagh's staging always features some kind of ghostly shape or silhouette hovering unsubtly in the empty space around them. A familiar statue here, a bedsheet falling in an uncannily human shape there, and so on. And yet, it all works for what he's trying to achieve. Unfortunately, no matter how well the actors sell the underlying story, the same rapid-fire editing that accentuates the mystery's momentum ends up kneecapping much of the personal drama and the characters' relationships, to the point that the who part of the whodunit ceases to matter as much as the question of how this case will impact Poirot and his beliefs. And yet, this is precisely why Branagh's take on Poirot works as well as it does. He cares more deeply for this character than anyone save perhaps Christie herself, and it shows more clearly in A Haunting in Venice than it has before. An off-kilter horror comedy told with breakneck momentum, A Haunting in Venice is a wild stylistic departure from Kenneth Branagh's previous Poirot films. However, it continues the series' strange evolution as a tribute to the iconic Belgian sleuth. Branagh cares more about Poirot than any living person, and it shows. A Haunting in Venice reviews IGN score? 8. Thanks for listening. My name is Tony Jackson, and for the latest updates on A Haunting in Venice, visit us at IGN.com. Spoken Layer When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.